What's up, universe? My guest today is Evangelia Boronaris, aka Leah B. She is an artist based in Maryland and the New Jersey area. And uh, like I said for the first podcast, this one was done back in June, I believe. I believe it was done back in June. Sorry, I couldn't look at the info at my Pro Tools file after I launched it up. So I was trying to figure out the date of it, but uh, I just kind of want to get this done and upload it because it's an important one to both me and Leah because she's an awesome person and I want her to get her message out there. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Tuned into the Joseph Nevers podcast. Recorded and produced at the leisure of Joseph Nevers. Enjoy the show. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Am I too quiet? I can hear you. It just kind of sounds like staticky. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm, I'm playing around with my stuff too, just to see. But uh, like in my headphones, it just sounds very like warpy. Uh, Like you're pitching yourself, which is really funny. Let me see. Well, it should be fine on the recording on my side. I just hope that you can, you know, understand what I say, I guess. Yeah, pretty much I can understand what you're saying. Okay. Well, I guess if there's a problem, we can just dabble on it. Uh, So I guess we can start now. Uh, What's up, Leah? Nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Trying to survive. Uh, <laughs> Same. Yeah. How's uh, Maryland been during this whole COVID situation? Well, like everybody else, it's kind of been up in the air. Um, there's no like real live venues or bars and stuff open. I think they're starting to open little by little, but with how everything's going on and the non-frequent mask wearing, it probably will close again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because I was hearing um, Dippy, Nick DiPietro, for people that don't know Dippy, obviously, uh, he was uh, he was saying that they got into the studio, I think, mm-hmm. when, when, was that yesterday or tomorrow? Yeah, he went yesterday, actually, uh, to the studio. Um, I think it was like the first time he went in a couple of months or so, because everybody's just been trying to be safe and quarantine. Yeah, it was funny because he was apologizing to me, being like, oh, man, I'm sorry, I can't do the podcast because I'm going to the studio. And I was just like, bro, I know the studios have been closed forever. This is a good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, gonna be here. it's like inevitable right now when everything will finally open up again. So it's kind of good to take whatever you can do right now. <laughs> so For sure. So uh, for everybody that doesn't know, you are Leah B, the artist. Yes. And you are working on a new album now, or is it, are you just working on the one single that you had here? Well, I sound crazy because, like, while we yeah. were working on my other album, Symptomatic, last year, we went like I've I've been writing other things since then. Mm. So I'm I'm just always writing, which is fu- which is a good thing, but it's a terrible thing. So with me, I just I always have multiple projects and things going on in my mind. So when I have one album in my mind, like that I'm working on, I have the next one pretty much done. It just pretty much is like weeding through what I want to do. So right now, I literally, I recorded that one song that I sent to you, Joe. Um, no one else knows what it is yet, but it will be <laughs> complete because I love that song. Um, and it should be part of hopefully an album that's over 10 songs because right now it is incredibly over 10 songs. So <laughs> I see. Yeah. Well, that's not a bad thing. It's good to have a process where you open up the window for the next pro- like project immediately after the one closes. Like, yeah. I think that's a, that's a healthy step to do it. I think you might think that you're overwhelming yourself, but I think you're you're sticking to the, the path to being a successful artist rather than just, you know, making one release and banking on it and then just stopping. There's a lot of people that just do that. Yeah, I can't do that. Unfortunately, my brain kind of just has too much going on. Plus, this one... I've kind of noticed that like from living on my own, because I used to live in New Jersey, for those people who don't know, I used to live in New Jersey and I used to sing and go to school there. Um, But now like that I moved here like two years ago or so, I've just been writing a lot about my experiences on my own and at home, like like away from home and and not knowing what to expect living on your own for the first time. And I've noticed that this album is kind of like, like for my first album, History, that I wrote, 
it pretty much is talking about that past like three years of my life dealing with like like insecurities and exes and stuff this now is pretty much me talking to my younger self being like what were you doing <laughs> like it's okay that it's not okay like it's fine it's it's going to be okay but it will take some time to be okay so that's a good way to tie it off i've been thinking about how i should make my next albums because uh i don't know sometimes when i think about going into the past it doesn't seem right but i know a lot of artists that do that so i guess it is kind of just something to draw on yeah like as artists i feel like we are very critical of ourselves i know i am um oh, yeah so like I think back to that time when I first made that record and I just I think it's so funny because I was so like into like I want to make this because I want to make it and now I'm into it like I'm making this because this is how I feel and if no one understands it that's fine but I just need to put this out there because this is how I feel so <laughs> that's where I'm approaching as an artist because at first I was really self-conscious with how I would just feel like uh, I guess how it would be presented to the masses and how uh, they would perceive me and my vision and my art. And then uh, diving into just drawing and doing music and recording music and all that and living down in Florida, my perspective has completely shifted. Like now um, I kind of feel like the art is already there and I'm just trying to translate it into, mm -hmm. into the world. And it's not really more of like, um, how do I say this? It's not me worried about what people are going to say. It's just kind of like me creating something that's supposed to be made for the sake of just putting it up. I don't know. Does that make sense? That does make sense. No, I feel like with every like experience in life, you gain something and you lose something. I've noticed mm -hmm. that. Like you're, I'm always like feeling like I lose a part of myself, but I'm also making room for a new part of myself, if that makes sense. That so that's how I feel like with my music lately. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, that'd be good. Like, um, I've been really slacking on my musical journey because I'm kind of getting a uh, school burnout from just working on other people's songs and stuff like that. So, How's that been? Uh, oh, it's great. I'm on the, the final stage of my classes. I'll be graduating in next month. So I'm almost done. Uh, That's good. And then yeah. Florida is Florida right now, right? Like with everything going on. I was going to ask you. Yeah, well, that's kind of funny. I feel like every time, anytime someone says something's happening in a certain spot, I noticed this with Maryland, like when the Baltimore riots were happening, everybody thinks that like the whole state's on fire. But like, yeah, it's not that bad if you just, you know, wear your mask, go out very limitedly and just do what you're supposed to do. Like, mm -hmm. um, I'm making the most of it. I'm not really dealing with anybody that has it. And I'm um, keeping clean. I got my mask on. I'm working out. So my immune system's good. I feel good. And I'm not really worried about it. I'm honestly, mostly seeing this as an opportunity to just take advantage of creative ventures that otherwise would have been, you know, blocked out by other responsibilities that are now just lessened because of this, this situation in the country. Yeah, it's just an adjustment. And honestly, for people to, you know, wear masks and obey what's like what the CDC and everyone is saying, it's pretty much like... It, like there is a 99 i heard it there apparently there is a 99.9 percent rate of like recovering but it's just a matter of respecting everybody so you should just respect those who have immune issues and stuff and wear your mask like you don't want to do that like and not wear your mask if a family member of yours is like that you know so i just think of it as a respect issue if i'm gonna wear my mask you should wear your mask too yeah, that's one hundred percent way to stop it because it's we found out that it's on droplets and it doesn't seem to transmit on surfaces as much as we thought. Yeah. So if we keep our hands clean and both people are wearing masks, then it's one hundred percent chance that if you are asymptomatic, it won't pass. Yeah. Also, we have to be super respectful for people that just have compromised immune systems because that yeah. nine nine point nine could be totally fine for your household, but one person to the left of you and like mm -hmm. literally ne right next door could be super vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a matter for me, because I'm actually working in my store right now. It's just a matter of respect. We wear our masks, you know, we don't let anybody, anybody in without a mask. And we've had people not want to come in because they don't want to wear their mask. But I mean, it's better to be safe, honestly. Yeah, I don't really understand the the opposition to it is like some people are saying, oh, I literally can't breathe or CO2 is toxic for me. And I'm just like, you dude, your dentist when he was cleaning your teeth, 
wore that mask for the entirety of the procedure and didn't complain once. And people with asthma are wearing masks. Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, maybe at some point it will. I don't think it ever will. But I just respect everybody's opinions. And I just hope everybody's safe. That's it. That's how it should be throughout the country. (laughs) I feel like that's how it should be for literally everything. Because I I feel like... uh, if anybody watches the Joe Rogan podcast, because that's basically why I got into this. But Nick, um, it, but I kind of sometimes watch it, but I don't know if I watch the one that you're going to talk about. <laughs> well, he just always talks about how um, I don't even remember where I was on topic at anymore. I just completely lost it. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Uh, maybe I'll get back to that. That's but, okay. That's okay. <laughs> the point of this con- this podcast, though, I wanted to bring more spotlight on you. Uh, so you did symptomatic. We recorded that and we put it together mm-hmm. last year now. Yeah. Um, what was that album about, and what did it mean to you? And how can you explain that to the people that you know are listening to this and don't really understand or haven't listened to it? Sure. Um, so. Before I started writing that album, I noticed different changes in my health. Um, I noticed that I was getting really skinny and I noticed that like I didn't want to eat anymore, that I had a lot of pain in my left side um, of my hip and in my right side, mainly my left though. Um, and I, I didn't feel right. And I also was approaching my um, senior year in college. So for me, I just thought it was this anxiety of having to, you know, go through that last year and graduate. That didn't go away. So over time, that kept going and going. And I started writing songs about how I was feeling along that journey until around October, November of that senior year, I noticed, again, that I was still losing a lot of weight and I wasn't feeling good. So I actually went and got checked. And they told me that I have this condition called endometriosis, um, which is a female condition that involves the reproductive organs. And apparently mine, my tissue decides to grow on the outside of my uterus. I know this is very girly talk, so I apologize. (laughs) But um, it should be, it should be like, be like brought to like be aware because people don't really know what it is. I had no idea it even existed. So typically I had tissue, which is which between stages one and four, some people will feel pain and some people don't. If you're at stage four, typically I've, I've noticed that for people with stage four, they don't feel pain anymore because all their nerve endings are gone. But it's nice. different for everybody else. Yeah, it literally just looks like spider webs. It's really scary. Um, Interesting. And then for me, it, I, I have found out I had stage two. And then you find out you what stage you have by going into surgery. And most women don't get the chance to have surgery because they keep getting told by doctors, you don't have this. You just need to take birth control or you have to stop doing this or do that. And it's in your head. Like they make it like it's in your head completely. And I had luckily I found a doctor that year that was really good. And it was my first doctor to tell me this. And he could tell just by checking me. Yeah, you have this problem. We're going to set up a surgery. So two days after Christmas, I'm still writing, by the way, through all this. I was writing through all this. And Two days after Christmas and while I was on my break, I had to have surgery. Um, And then they tell you that if you do have it, you'll wake up with three little incisions by your abdomen. If you don't, you just have one and it's fine. And so they laparoscopically went in and they checked and I woke up and they told me I had it and I found my three incisions, which is such a weird way to figure out if you have it definitely or not. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. So you go to sleep not knowing what you're going to wake up to. Um, and then I woke up to that and they told me I had stage two and it was really good. I came in because I must have had it for a long time and it can cause all those symptoms that I was feeling. So I kind of just felt validated in that sense. And I knew from then that I wanted to start writing about this progress and this issue, you know, going on because not a lot, like, like, for example, I know a lot of actors and actresses, like actresses have it mainly. And, um, Halsey, I know has it musician wise. But I never heard anything about it. Like no one ever really talked about it. So I was like, I want to write about it because I want one as a journal to myself because I strongly believe in music therapy and how music can help you. And then two, to bring awareness to it, because I know I'm not the only one feeling this way. Like I literally was on Instagram and I, I follow so many pages and all these women have the same symptoms as me and the same treatment options. And it's just like it's it's a rabbit hole. 
So yeah. it's funny how these rabbit holes are hidden in like everyday life. Like there's so mm-hmm. many there's so many physical diseases that are just invisible to like the the eye, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, people, I think what you're doing is good. People, sorry, I didn't even interrupt you. <laughs> people think that like if you just look okay, you're fine. Like I would just be getting told, "Oh, you look great. You lost a lot of weight. You're this that." Other than my normal stress and anxiety and depression that I go through, that's an actual health issue. So you don't have to compliment someone's health issue because it just makes them self-conscious yeah. <laughs> about everything else. You know, like you don't know what someone's going through. And yeah. I have I have autoimmune issues too. Like I have thyroid mm. problems. So like, you know, like it's just it's like it's not invisible because I feel it. If I feel something, it's there. So yeah. Yeah, and everything can stack on top of each other. I really don't think that's kind of like being like, oh, uh, you have diabetes, so I guess you have to be healthy now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, I don't, <laughs> that's a little weird way of twisting it, especially if you have anxiety. I feel like it's just like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I'll just have this eat that way at my brain for the rest of my life. <laughs> Yeah, I've always been an anxious person. So like stress and me, we do not get along, but it's a big part of my life, unfortunately, like it just happens. And that plus the endometriosis plus once I moved here after graduating and everything, I wanted to start my new life. I started feeling semi worse again. And I was still writing. And like I told you, and um, I think it's before I think it was before we started writing together. It was the year before because it was my first year here, which was kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> I noticed that I was still feeling like really crappy and I knew I had this condition. I was being treated for it. So I started getting new doctors here around like the John, like for Johns Hopkins area. Shout out to them. They were really cool. Um, they, they diagnosed me with adenomyosis. So it's another female condition in the same region except now it is like occurring inside the uterus so for me to have something with tissue outside and inside I don't know like like it it makes you think about infertility and all this other stuff so it's like I don't know what I what I essentially have what my options are because I'm still young apparently it's everybody's eyes but it's always good to get checked and to know but that issue was so painful and I had to actually do physical therapy for that so that inspired you know some of the music as well like for example waiting room on that album because I literally just wrote a song sitting and feeling like the youngest person in a waiting room for physical therapy when everybody's like 20 years older than me (laughs) I think uh, what you're doing is super important super super important and uh I wish you the strength to keep doing this because it's a the world needs people like you to bring light to these things and to show mm-hmm. that there's like a way to get through it and uh you know putting that energy into something rather than just being like woe is me and giving up like that's very important i've thought of that too with the depression unfortunately that cripples it like trickles itself in here and cripples you um you and know i understand that it's gonna happen there's low days and up days and especially with conditions that you know us normal people have have it pretty good with uh our bad days or oh uh, i don't really want to go work out today I guess mm-hmm. I'll just lay down on the fucking bed so yeah every, that's about every, as worse as i feel every day i think of as like a blessing like i wake up and i could feel really shitty i hope i can curse here by the way i'm sorry oh, absolutely say fuck say shit whatever you want i feel incredibly shitty some days and some days it's like i have to like close my eyes when I wake up or like at night, like after a bad day or a bad shift. And I'll sit there and be like, okay, so I have a house or an apartment that I live in. I have shelter. I have water. I have food. You know, I have all these things. Like I make a checklist in my mind to just know like it, the world is not ending. It's just the day ending of a shitty day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. just make You're myself actually going better. through, um, sorry to interrupt, but, no. uh, there's a lot of people that do that. It's called a gratitude check. I don't know if you've named it, but oh no, I just do it. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a actually, it's a trait very associated with successful people. Okay. Um, a lot of people, like for example, um, I put up a gratitude chart on my wall right next to me, and mm-hmm. um, I made my to-do list now to every morning or every day in general. I make a point to just look at it and read it out loud. So like, I remember what I'm doing. What I like. 
so I'm an artist, I am a musician, I am a recording engineer, I do a lot. I'm trying to create a business in which I put all these things together and make kind of like a Disney studio in the future. <laughs> so uh, I like the gratitude chart because it reminds me why I'm doing it and the opportunities that I have and what I should be grateful for and how this places me ahead of other people and like I shouldn't take that for granted. So like what you're doing is really good. Like you really should continue doing that and find whatever you can to bring that spirituality back to your life or like keep it present, if that makes Thank sense. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, do you do any meditation? Just wondering. I have tried to kind of in the past. I always want to do yoga, but mm. I I am terrible like attention wise. Like I feel like <laughs> things will be happening around me all the time. And I'm a very I'm very big on multitasking. So for me to stop and doing everything I'm doing is very hard. So I hope to at some point, maybe that'll be my new New Year's resolution for the new year. I don't know. I recommend it. Yeah. Do you do? As a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yoga and meditation now. Okay. Um, I started doing yoga with Melissa. Melissa's my fiance, for those who are <laughs> listening. Uh, she has a, well, I don't know if it's considered an autoimmune. I think it's something like that. But she has... Um, fibromyalgia which is just mm-hmm. joints and such and she started doing yoga and then some kind of like dancey exercises on youtube and that helps her exercise and it keeps her moving and that helps her a lot and i just noticed that my body gets super rigid really easily so i did yoga but the, the meditation thing um i actually noticed that when i would i always considered myself a multitasker mm-hmm. and it actually i actually found that it's ruining me <laughs> like because uh- it I the way I've noticed it is when I would draw and listen to music it feels like my mind is being split in two directions so like it feels like I'm half-assing my art and since I'm a musician I listen to the music critically so I'm like uh, breaking down music while I'm listening to it while I'm doing art so there's like too many gears going on like I needed to stop yeah I've actually felt that before so i probably should i always feel like i'm being pulled in 20 different directions exactly that's why i was asking if you did meditation i probably should meditation (laughs) single it it really helps quiet the mind and it makes me focus on what i'm supposed to be doing rather than just you know bullshitting myself and pulling myself in different directions it just it's a it's a really eye-opening experience uh if you uh check out this guy sam harris he's this uh (laughs) psychologist um, I'm writing him down right that's now. a good guy it's a S-A-M Harris H-A-R-R-I-S sure and he's got this app called uh, let me just look at it real quick it's called waking up um, cool so it's a meditation program I recommend you do it it's a it's it is a subscription but I think if you go on his website and email him saying I can't afford it he'll just give it to you for free That would be a lovely gentleman to deal with because I can't afford a lot right now. (laughs) Oh, he's super cool. Uh, Usually it would be a $100 subscription like per year. So you're not, it'd be like Uh, less than $10 a month, but he makes you do a flat rate. But if you can't afford it, like I said, you can talk to him hmm. via email and he'll make it free to you. I recommend it because he does an introductory course, which is 50 days of 10 minute of meditation. It gets you really like incorporated to what the practice really means and huh. what the the techniques are and he's a really calming voice guy it's really soft-spoken i think it's a good investment yeah, so, yeah thank you yeah thank you so much i definitely will check that out i i have some downtime like with working again now i used i was working from home for like a week or so and then i got back to work but i you know, I, I don't have the time to do a lot of stuff. Over quarantine, I actually was like exercising and working out and feeling good. Now it's like I'm exhausted by the time I get home. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. And I understand with the whole routine and everything getting like changed. And then you're like, oh, I should do something. And you get back into the routine. It's hard to stack those things. But yeah, through the meditation, I've also realized how much I'm bullshitting myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I don't want to run. And then I notice when I do my run, it only takes 10 minutes. So like, I don't understand why I keep telling myself I don't have time to do things sometimes because it's, I feel like it's my mind being like, I need to emotionally prepare myself. And that takes time. No, I mean, I feel like as artists, we all are going through something emotionally, like spiritually, everything, you know, 
So for me, I know, I think like these past few years with these conditions, I've given myself so much self-care that it helps, but I feel like I need something more. So I, I think like meditating or exercising or whatever, like we need something else other than yeah. you know, just releasing our craft because it takes so much for us to make lyrics or make a melody about something that means so much to us that it's like mentally we have to do something for ourselves too and physically, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That sounds That's how I feel with the exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check that out. It should be good. Good stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, when I feel like, I feel like if I don't exercise for a few days now, I feel like I just get this bad energy in my body. Okay. I don't know how to describe it. But when I get that exercise session out, I feel like it kind of just smooths everything out, releases it. Because I don't know. It's really like, I notice when I don't exercise too much and then I go to work after a string of not working out, I feel like multi multiplied more miserable of going to work. And it's. I agree. When I went to go back to work, well, I. I really liked working from home. I felt so safe. Now I'm so used to being at work that I'm like, you know, wear my mask, be careful, whatever. It's fine. But when I first went back, I was exercising still and I was trying to exercise still through that first two weeks. And man, I I felt like my ass was getting kicked from being at work and like driving how far I have to drive to drive back Mm. home. You know what I mean? Like it was just a lot. I get it. Uh, I feel like you should still be able to work from home if you were able to do it before. Like, that just kind of sucks to me. I would love to do that. The only reason I can't, because with my job, I am a lesson coordinator, which means I have to oversee all the teachers that are teaching at our job, as well as work, you know, the register for the serialized stuff. And right now we have all our teachers remote. So I don't have any, like, they're all remotely take, like, doing their lessons at but home but they're not mean? oh man that sucks but for me because i am someone who always gets hurt or needs to take sick days and stuff i have no paid time leave anymore so yeah. i'd be paid yeah so i wouldn't be getting paid so i need to get paid <laughs> yeah. basically they're seeing it as you you need to scan the barcodes because you'd also yeah. do that yeah. And like, I mean, I do other things like right now, like actually tomorrow we'll be doing like a virtual recital, mm. you know, so I'll be hosting that from our store and I had to like make a YouTube playlist for us and all this other stuff. So it's not like I'm not doing anything, but at the same time, like if it's dead there, I will be working on my music there. <laughs> so, That's a plus. Be grateful yeah. for that. Put that one yeah, on your that, grateful chart. That I'm grateful for, you know, um, it hasn't been very busy. Like our location isn't very busy, so it hasn't been very busy. So yeah, it's pretty good. good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just need to get paid. <laughs> yeah, it's the same boat I'm in. I'm trying to uh, go on these ventures. That's why I'm doing this pod. Well, no, this podcast is for fun. I want to talk to people a lot more. I think that's the reason why I did this. But um, for everything else, I'm trying to build a uh, an art portfolio on Instagram. Nice. I'm trying to. I'm going to get back into music once I graduate because I have a whole bunch of ideas and I feel like I just don't know how I feel about them right now to get them on paper. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I have all these, uh, these beats that I've made a while ago on the back burner that I'm probably just going to end up making into the album songs because I like them. I was ending up trying to sell them because I was like, oh, what can I do to make money as a music producer? And then I was yeah. like, this is soulless. <laughs> I don't want to do this. So yeah. For me, like, I think of myself as I do want to be a songwriter for myself as well as other people because I write all the time. But it's for me, I have a hard time sometimes letting go of some of the projects. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's a rough, it's a rough experience. I'm honestly, I'm like, um, I'm critically looking at my art, too, because I have my friend uh, named Scott uh, Frodacious on Instagram, if anybody knows that. Uh, he... He's been an artist for a long time, and me and him just started drawing together now, and we're trying to both build up ourselves so we can start, you know, making money and start doing the dream and making money from the dream rather than working a a day job and doing the dream. Yes. Yes. It's it's very hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's very hard, but I'm glad to be doing it because I'm bouncing off ideas with him art-wise, and if I'm, like, feeling weird about something, I'll be like, hey, can you look at this and see what feels weird about it and then we'll be able to point it out for each other so i like that 
That's good. Yeah. It's good to have someone else's eyes on your stuff because, like, the thing with the, having your baby is that your artistic vision can sometimes, like, screw you. It kind of mm-hmm. sucks. That's why I've been sending you stuff all week because I was like, wait, I know someone who does this too. <laughs> Let me ask because I literally ask everyone I know. I'm like, what What sounds wrong? What is right? What is this? You know? Yeah. So. And you're working with garage bands. So you're basically like making making music with a scalpel. So I'm impressed with that. So I, I'm kind of proud because like the way I recorded that is so like, amateur and i hope one day like it will actually be out you know because right now i have where they're not done which i wanted to be done but again day job takes over your life um (laughs) i i'm proud of myself because when i was quarantining i technically was laid off you know temporary and i had the time to just work and you know like work on my music and do stuff and i just recorded vocals in my apartment which surprisingly had no one slamming doors that day. <laughs> and it it worked out really well. And I even used, I'm not even kidding you, I wanted to, before I left work, I was going to get a discount on a Shure mic. It was like the SM7B. You know what I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's like the mic that Michael Jackson used religiously. Oh, okay, yep, I know yes. that one. And everyone I know has it, and I always wanted it. And course it's a lot of money for me at least a lot of money but i was gonna get a discount at work and then the pandemic happened and i'm glad i didn't order it because i don't know when i'd ever see it so i was like okay so i don't have this fancy mic so let me just literally and i have mics here like i'm using my yeti right now but i didn't want to use that for this because it just sounded it sounded weird like i tested out different vocals and stuff so I ended up using a literal like shore like vocal mic that you like play like used to play out at gigs, which is terrible. Oh, you mean like to mic up? Uh, like the... my vocal, like to sing in, like like oh, that's what I like a dynamic kind of mic. So like yeah, for a stage, like, oh, I see. Like live, like Leah B show mic, like probably oh, what boy. I use. Yeah, like and you like you've heard this. It doesn't sound like that. It doesn't. It sounds like you've gotten the EQ right or something happened. I don't know. Is there know. um is there a low pass filter on the mic itself? Like is there a switch? Well, the thing is when it before work like ended, I ended up getting an interface. So I got a little mini like ah. little interface and I plugged it in through there. That's probably and, what did it. Yeah, it probably was the interface that worked out pretty well. And then all the other tracking and stuff was like plugins that I use from my like my MIDI and GarageBand and like voicings and stuff. So. You did a great job with what you have at your disposal. Uh, is that just the basic GarageBand, or is that like something with add-ons to it? It literally is just the GarageBand that has been on this computer that I've had since 2013. Yeah, that's that's severely impressive, actually. Yeah, I mean the SD card was changed over time to add room, but that's but yeah, that's it. Like I literally just added a couple more like instruments, and that's it. Surprise! I don't know. I'm I'm just surprised it exists. I have a new yeah. workflow, by the way, for nice. how I record stuff. Nice. Yeah, I might want to help you out with that because it actually made things a lot easier as far okay. as adding automation and uh, effects. I learned a better routing technique, too, so everything sounds way better. Nice. Yeah. I wish I had this knowledge when I was working on Symptomatic because like, I'm looking back and I'm like, damn, I see where <laughs> I could have made this easier. But- it's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll always be getting better, so I feel like I'll always be thinking about that, and I think that's a good thing to think. That is a good thing to think. I like yeah. myself by being better than I was. <laughs> as long as you keep going, I think that's that's like are you about saying how you write every day. That's so good. Like I'm trying to draw every day right now, and it's so hard. Like it's so difficult. Like for me, I mean, lately, like interesting stuff has happened to me but it's some stuff I just don't feel like writing about it's basically me like sitting down and looking at my last album and like all these experiences with like toxic relationships or like friends I'm not friends with anymore other stuff and I literally sit there and I'm like okay so this is how I feel about this topic now so what could I tell myself back then to like get over that and not be letting that rule my life if that makes sense that makes sense yeah that's that's another successful technique yeah, I literally just literally sit and I'm like, all right, this is what I would tell young Leah if this was happening. And then I just literally start writing it. <laughs> so is that your is that your process for writing songs with everything? You kind of just ruminate on it and then just let whatever spill out? Or do you have like a, a certain ABC so formula? Normally, 
when I first started writing songs, I think I was like 11. Mm. So when I first started writing songs, I was like 11 or 12. And I would listen intently to stuff that like I liked. And I'd realize that my music would kind of sound like that kind of like the singers and songwriters that I listened to. So I, I switched that really fast because that's really bad. Um, but you know it's good to have idols but when you're young you're like oh this sounds great wait this sounds exactly like another song that I just (laughs) this is really bad but for me I used to start with the lyrics first and I'd know the melody in my head like exactly Mm -hmm. how it was gonna go and then over time I actually learned how to like make melodies on my own on my like my old rinky dink Yamaha plastic (laughs) keyboard situation and it, it was working out and it was fine, but I just never knew what chords I was playing. So by me going to William Patterson University, shout out, I learned, you know, how to like play piano properly and well, um, as well as I, I also had my vocal lessons and I had my piano lessons for, for a while. And then I realized what I was playing and I was like, oh, this is a note. Like, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> but it, these are chords. This is what I'm hearing in my head, but I didn't know what it was. Like, I literally would just show people and be like, this is what I'm playing. This is what I want it to sound like. And I wouldn't know what it would be. So over time now, instead of writing just lyrics first, I have to play and sing at the same time. Like, and do it. I never knew how to do that, but now I know how to do it. And I can't imagine myself doing it any other way. And I, I like to pull from personal experience always. Always, always. And when I first started writing, I would make stuff up. Like I'd mm. see like in high school, I'd see like a popular girl who's my age, like a sophomore or a actual freshman at dating a senior and dealing with a breakup or something. And I literally be like, all right, I'm going to write about a breakup today. I've never been in love. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I remember people like I sang one of my songs once at a talent show in high school and they were like, how are you this young and all this stuff has happened to you? I'm like, this has never happened to me. <laughs> I've never struck a chord with you. Yeah. Like I was just like, I've never dealt with this. Of course, now I've dealt with all of that in 2020, <laughs> you know, so I can actually write about what it actually feels like. But I used to write about observation over experiences when I was young, young. And now it's all experience. Always. Mm. Yeah. Or writing about like double meanings, which I love doing. Like I love writing about one of my songs called Tonight off my EP Trance is about not being able to sleep. And it was actually the pre little song that would have actually probably been on symptomatic because that's a symptom that I deal with not sleeping. And that's a cool way to tell your story. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, I always find a song that's kind of like the little prerequisite toward the next one. I hope that makes sense. I hope I use yeah, that word. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think, uh, I think you're looking for catalyst. Like, I don't uh, know. I don't know. I can't talk today. I don't know no, what happened. You're good. Catalyst <laughs> might be wrong, too. But it's kind of like something that launches you into the next Or the prequel. One. I don't know. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Hmm. I think it's something like... Whatever. I don't, we can move I don't on know. on that one. <laughs> Spawned the next, yes, 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 created the next idea. So, yeah, so that song tonight is about not being able to sleep, and I made it sound like I am having trouble with the significant other, which at the time I was not, I was with Nick still. So, I was, so yeah, I like having double meanings with stuff, and like on on this album, Symptomatic, like anxiety, I like like actually making a character out of my emotions, which I don't know if a lot of people do, I don't know if that's something that's weird with me that I do no no no. I used to do that all the time in high school I don't know really how I perceive them now but yeah I I used to do that for sure because like I think of it as like a mirror and looking at myself and being like okay so I'm dealing with you today this is anxiety I'm dealing with you Mm -hmm. today and it's just another version of yourself may not be happy with it but you just have to accept that it's there so that's why I end up writing about it I think I okay so now I, I remember I know how I perceive it now um so for instance when i'm angry i feel that as just kind of the same thing as an intoxication like it's just something that has come over me Mm -hmm. and i need to like sober up from it and that's actually something i've used meditation because if you um there's a meditation technique that you can close your eyes focus on your breathing and then you just notice you just make a picture that's comfortable in your head for when you breathe so when you go in when you're breathing in, you have a picture in the head, and then you breathe out, you have a picture in your head. You can basically just 
visualize what your lungs are expanding or deflating. And um, if you focus on a smile in your head, you kind of actually tap into what it means to be happy. And you hmm. kind of, and if you actually physically lift the or co the edges of your mouth, apparently you can actually start producing those chemicals of happiness. That's really cool! Wow, super cool, super cool. So they another practice is to feel physically what you are feeling when you're having every any emotion, and then try to understand that feeling, and then work through your breath to kind of disarm those physical feelings. If hmm. that makes sense. It's, I tend um, I tend to like actually do the close my eyes and focus on my breathing and I I used to have speech therapy when I was a little kid to, mm. to help with my like because I apparently had nodules when I was a little kid on my throat they literally told me I'm not supposed to sing but this is where I am here I am ooh. today <laughs> yeah. but I that's why I, like when I took vocal lessons they taught me how to do everything but with the with the actual like speech therapy I had to focus on my breathing because they noticed I wasn't breathing right oh. so like, I don't know how to explain it. I still go through this every day. But like my the way I would breathe in and breathe out, my stomach would not be going in the right directions when you're inhaling and exhaling that it's supposed to. So my body gets so stressed, I forget how to breathe. <laughs> yeah, I think meditation would help you out. Yes, I think that's everything. But what I do is like I actually will do what my speech therapist told me and I I still do it i'll close my eyes when i'm angry because when i'm angry i just cry i don't know how to i don't know how to be angry so i'll just cry and it's sad i slowly look like i'm a sad angry cursing person which is not good and i just close my eyes and i'll breathe i'll do this when i'm stressed too and i'll breathe and i'll count back from 10 like i'll just think of the numbers in my head and then i'll open my eyes and i'll be like all right i'm still kind of upset but i'm not as, as upset as before so i might have to do it again and again and then i'll feel better so yeah until i feel better that's a that's a meditation technique so technically you've been doing some kind of i meditate and i didn't even know i recommend doing a more like a introspective practice of meditation though like, like i said know. sam harris will help you out i guarantee yeah. it please help me mr because <laughs> i i know like i'm i'm better than where i was but yeah i i guess i'm implementing it like lightly and not knowing <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a lost thing on us is uh it kind of teaches you to be okay with doing nothing and uh a yeah. lot of people just can't do that like at first you literally feel anxious about it like you, your eyelids will twitch and you'll feel like your eyes are just running around your head but i've gotten to the point where that has completely left me and i'm I feel able to just you live just in my chill. apartment with me because that's what i do all the time <laughs> <laughs> Because literally everything you that's wild. I love figuring out that other people feel this way too. This is that's the that's why I want to have this podcast, man. Yeah. Like, and other things, but like to relate experience, talk about stuff, and then to understand. Like that's what I want. That's awesome. Oh my god. I'm so I'm so happy you're doing this. When you told me you were when you asked me to be on this and you were telling me you were doing this, I was like, this is awesome. One. Two, thank you so much. And three, it's about time because you're pretty much a very like much people person. <laughs> so I'm glad you to hear that. Well, I remember, um, you know, like when you first meet someone when you're working on a project and you're recording and stuff and you're nervous. Like I love the fact that Gone was like our first song because I think that's one of the hardest songs off of Symptomatic to actually get through first. If if that makes sense, like emotionally. It does because make sense. The fact that, like, you were able to, like, just sit and talk with me and then I found out, you know, Melissa had an issue like mine, too, like like a chronic illness or an autoimmune disease. Um, I just felt so safe. That's, you know? um, it's a very important part of the recording process. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, hard to relate to someone. Yeah, and like, just to, to reach out and be like, hey, I'm here to make the best product we can. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I want this to be as painless as possible and if you're nervous i want you to know that like it's good that you're nervous because you care like that's the good thing like mm -hmm. you should fight through those things and uh just deliver the best product you can because that's what a studio should be instead of being like all right go all right done go on <laughs> yeah we're going to master this now thank you oh yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i just like the fact that like i don't know maybe it's because i understand a lot of like the actual like i don't know how to describe it the actual like 
form of like making music on a computer now mm. per se. I don't fully understand it. I'm always learning, but I get it a lot more than I did when I was in school. The way that you broke down stuff and actually let me ask you questions, I really appreciated. Because half the yeah. time I sound like I'm asking stupid questions, but I just don't know because my school didn't, my high school didn't have that kind of stuff. So, yeah, transparency is good too. Like, I like working with the artists and having them see what I'm doing on screen so they can literally like see what I'm adjusting. I like when people ask questions too because it makes me feel more, more qualified to do what I'm doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, um, it should be. If I'm making music for you, you should know what I'm doing and you should know what's happening to your baby because like it's not my baby. Like it's not mine at all. I'm just I'm literally the doctor trying to help deliver it. I'll bring like, it out into the world. Exactly. I'm helping it do that, but it's your vision, it's your recording and like I said, like every time I asked you a question, I was just like, how do you feel about it? And like how do you see the next part going and like is this enough for you? Like, I want that to be the staple of the artist, like, produ pr producer relationship. It has to be transparent. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I should have asked you this when we were finishing it all, but, like, working on this project, I'm asking you a question on your own podcast. I hope that's okay. <laughs> You're good. Um, working on this project with me, like, did it, like, help you, like, learn a little more about, like, what I go through, like, as like a per like as a person with like chronic illness and stuff, like did it bring insight to you at least? Uh, the to working on symptomatic. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. Just hearing all of the songs, like uh, specifically Cure, uh, mm -hmm. that one was really big on me. Uh, Gone as well. Well, Gone I think was a little different, but um, yeah, it really brought insight into what you're dealing with and just uh, the constant emotions of what you're thinking. Because like, like I said, as a healthy person, I'm not thinking about medicine. I'm not thinking about doctor visits. I'm not thinking about what the future holds. And uh, that, like, um, I think it was easier for me to understand, too, because like I said, Melissa has uh, fibromyalgia. So yeah. that piggybacking on top of that helped. But uh, I still think that you being there and doing the music and recording it next to me and just seeing the emotions you were going through and just hearing you sing it because it's a very powerful album i i think it was a really well done and well emotional like laid out piece and that it by itself kind of just brings me into your world and it really kind of explains what is going on and, thank yeah. you yeah i just was always curious because um, one again you live in Florida now and I still live in Maryland so it's hard to like talk all the time because we have a lot of stuff going on yeah and two I just I'm always curious because like after that album came out I shit you not so many people started messaging me and were like thank you for putting this out because it made me realize that I have this condition or I'm, I'm dealing with this condition and no one ever talks about conditions like this I have this invisible illness like it made people comfortable to talk about this stuff so I just didn't know if it like brought awareness to like you and like you know what I mean like like made it yeah. more of like of an understanding of where people come from and stuff with certain stuff like this so I was just curious I just like hearing everybody's feedback <laughs> I feel like it's made me a better person if that helps okay it makes me see everybody else's problems in a more physical way like uh, like for you know how everybody's problems could not be visible. Like I, uh, yeah. I, I go up to people now with a little bit more of, I understand. Like immediately, I'm thinking this person has problems, no matter how mm -hmm. they feel, no matter how they perceive. So like, uh, well, I've always been nice to service workers. I've always have been, but like I'm tipping yeah. more and stuff like that. And um, I'm just trying to be more mindful of how I can be understanding and empathetic towards just the general public. And I know that people can get under your skin with traffic and just how people are snapping at each other because of what they're feeling. But I'm understanding what they're feeling now instead yeah. of just being like, oh, fuck this guy because he treated me this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much like that, especially right now with everything going on. I kind of am mm -hmm. just trying to be respect. Like I said, respectful to everybody else because you don't know what's going on through their minds or what's going on in their home life. Like you don't know. So, yeah. Take what you can get and for sure. Bring it out to the world. <laughs>
Goddamn, Leo, we did 50 minutes here. I, I know, I, I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, it was a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. I'm just glad that I was able to keep talking because like, I'm always worried about that with the podcast, but it's a lot easier than I thought. But, no, it's when you know, I mean, like, it does, it does help that we know each other, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. if you're like, you make a, you make a safe space. So like, if there is a safe space, people are feel inclined to talk. So yeah, want to have the conversations and I want to make it, you know, easy for both people to talk. Yeah. This is so fun. So, um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you like it. I'll definitely have you back when you do future releases and stuff. But um, for you. now, could you uh, let the people know where to find you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things? All things Leah B. So <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, Spotify, iTunes slash Apple Music, whatever it wants to be that day. Um, <laughs> uh, YouTube. I also have a YouTube channel. I promise to put more stuff on it, but there is stuff there for my first album. <laughs> um, I have my own official website, which is just Leah, L-E-A-B, dot rocks. I hope to change that soon because I do think I rock, but it is not like rock music. And <laughs> I that, uh, have, sorry, is it rocks like uh, R-O-C-K-S? Like, like, yes, R-O-C-K-S. It's very basic. When you need <laughs> to just, you know, trademark your name really fast, that was available. That's there. And literally, you can find me on everything as Leah B. So it's just L-E-A space B with a dot. It's literally been my name since kindergarten because my full name is Evangelia. No one knows how to spell it. So it would just be Leah <laughs> B. And my last name is Bornaris. So it's very, very long. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you how to pronounce your last name because I was thinking about it when I was leading up to the podcast. And I was like, is it Bauernaeus? Oh, oh I, get, I get I get the craziest shit, Joe. So especially with doctor's appointments, like Oh yeah, you told me about that one. Oh yeah, like I'll get recordings and be like, Good morning, Evangli, you need to go to this appointment at this time. Or like I'll get Barunaris. Wow. What? Like or Evangelina. I'll get Evangli. Evang I said that already, but Evangli, Evangeli, because Lee is like L E A. And then when it's just Leah, it'll just be like Lee. One time I got Evan and I was so confused because what? I was like the rest of my name. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's Evangelia Rose, which is my middle name, and then Borinaris. And then in Greek, because I'm Greek, I'm also Italian, but I'm mainly Greek. He's Evangelia Trendaflia Borinaris. Yeah. That's poetic. It sounds like a huge poem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you can find all things Leah B. Like I said, L E A space B with a dot. That's me. Right. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. This was so fun. Absolutely. I can't wait to have you back on again when um, the singles come out and that song that can couldn't tell anybody else but me comes out too. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. I'll see you. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast, everybody. Bye. Bye.